1: Hi, I'm Paco Romain. I'm George Chen. And this is SupDoc.
0: On today's episode, we learned all about the fascinating world of wrestling with our guest, comedian
1: Danielle Radford. Did you know kayfabe refers to the portrayal of events within wrestling as real? Well, we've been kayfabing our listeners for years now.
0: Danielle has a podcast all about the world of wrestling called Tights and Fights on the Maximum Fun Network. So it made a lot of sense to talk to her about the 2018 doc... Andre the Giant, based on the life of professional wrestler and actor
1: Andre Rene rizimov The film features professional wrestlers and media personalities such as Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Billy Crystal, as well as family members discussing Andre's life and giganticism. You can also watch this documentary on HBO. And just a quick reminder to please donate today on our Patreon page. That's Patreon.com/supdocpodcast. And now here's Danielle. And we are here with Daniel Radford. Hello. Hey, hi. Hi. Uh, you brought us something delicious. What did you just treat us with?
2: Um, I brought a spamusubi from the bus stop.
1: <laughs> well you.
2: it stop wasn't TV. just
0: at the bus stop, right? Yeah, no, okay. it was at
2: like this um although I mean bus stop meat is the best meat.
0: <laughs> don't <laughs> tell heard. the guy
2: yeah, don't tell the guys that hit on me at the bus stop right, right. there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> pow 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 but there's Beat a boxer. little <laughs> there's a little market um that's down by one of the train stations and they do sandwiches and they have a little deli counter, but they're also like you can buy beer and wine and snacks and whatever for people in koreatown who are you know in between you know transferring or school or whatever looking to grab something quick and one of the things they have is spam musubi and they make it fresh there and you can like watch them they're just piling the stuff up because spam musubi is like it's cheap it's portable it's delicious they put this and i don't remember the name of it but it's this pickled salted plum i've made it for people because i make musubi sometimes and there are people who are vegan and so a vegan version of that is to take this like salted amazing plum Yum. and you put it in there and then you mold it differently yeah. rather than like the the spam musubi people
0: you make your own sushi rice then
2: yes i make oh, my own sushi rice damn. yeah dude it's easy it's way easier than you think it is
1: did you watch jiro dreams of sushi of course i did oh, that's a good God. one
2: it's so good don't
1: you want to eat there
2: i want to eat there and i want to be his best
1: i yeah that would be nice
2: but i also like there were very few documentaries where i come out of it and i'm like I don't want to be your best
1: one. We're here to talk about the Andre the Giant. No, No, that's a great segue. I saw a good
2: segue. I appreciate that one. That's a good one.
1: But you chose Andre the Giant, doc, to talk about, which is an awesome documentary, 2018 HBO release about the man, the myth, the legend. Andre the Giant. Yes, and and we talked about this because you do a wrestling podcast. I do. That's awesome. Um,
2: I have a wrestling podcast. It's me and Open Mike Eagle, rapper Open like Mike Eagle, like on every top whatever list of last <laughs> year for his album Brick Body Kids Still Daydream. So good. Um, he has a show out here in L.A. called The New Negroes, which is a comedy show We've had with Baron on this. Well, show, yeah, yeah, with Baron Vaughn. Mm-hmm. He is incredibly smart and funny and talented, and he's one of those people where you're like, man, when people say you got it and they can't tell you what it is, mm-hmm. Mike's got it. Okay. Whatever it is, like yeah. that dude's got it. And it's him and Hal Lublin, who is another incredibly talented dude who does a lot of podcasts and does a lot of voices 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 (laughs) he's um wide whale on venture brothers oh cool yeah he's he's also another one who's incredibly smart and talented and great and and it's us and um occasionally when one of us can't make it or just we want to have a full full house we also have Lindsay kelk who is um she's a huge huge wrestling fan she also runs a beauty podcast um and she is a best-selling romance novel and her romance novels are incredibly funny and smart and and great Like some fucking Nora Ephron like romance novels. Yeah. And what's it called?
1: Hers? No, your podcast. Our
2: podcast is called Tights and Fights and it's on the Max Fun Network. Oh, nice. I, sorry, I spent so much time telling you about how great my co hosts were. Yeah. I forgot to That's plug okay. the podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, it's called Tights and Fights, it's on the Max Fun Network. So what
1: what is your relationship with Andre the Giant? Why <laughs> why, why why did we pick this as your favorite wrestler? Is it someone you would Well, to...
2: our relationship was salacious. Yeah, for
1: <laughs> sure. Speaking of porn.
2: Especially since it ended <laughs> when, when I was in my yeah. when you were just a kid. Um, so I am a huge fan of professional wrestling and something I talk about a lot on the podcast was that I was not, I did not find professional wrestling very much during the Hulk Hogan era in the way that a lot of people did, which is a great era and that's when, and, and I knew about it because everyone did, but I've had to kind of go back And look at wrestling in bits and pieces. Because I got into it during the Attitude Era, which is like The Rock, Stone Cold, Mankind. Right. Um, Just just your
0: generation versus like like slightly older Yeah. 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 And and
2: I was kind of like, you know, I am of an age. So I was definitely a baby when that Mm -hmm. stuff was happening. But I was a baby. So like Mm -hmm. I didn't, if it wasn't Jem, I didn't care. (laughs) And then I discovered wrestling later because one day I was watching it and I was like, oh. Heroes villains spectacle crazy feats of unnatural looking strength this is a comic book and so i got super into it because this was before an age when we just got to see comic books on screen
1: (laughs) right 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 yeah exactly and
2: so at the time it was like the closest i could come and going back but i loved andre the giant not as a wrestler but because like i love princess bride it's one of my oma's favorite movies we used to watch it a lot um and I just love the mythology of Andre because he has become more myth than man, which is something that they talk about a lot in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, and then growing older and when you hear more about him from his peers and from other people and you realize how, my, you know, he was larger than life, both obviously as like a person, but also as a personality right and so hearing from the people that knew him best about like what a deep well of like pain and sadness there was Mm. inside of him and how he was still able to go out and entertain i think is something has always that has always um kind of struck a chord with me
1: Mm -hmm. well that has a lot of like equivalency to like comedy like comics you know, I can absolutely. like comedians are well known for being tortured, dark souls. And then they come out and they're like, hey, it's the lights. It's the people, mm-hmm. you know, and then right. backstage are just like, oh, I hate lights and people. Right. <laughs> and it,
2: It's not necessarily everyone, but I will say there is a reason why I've done all kinds of stuff. I've been in bands. I'm mm. a singer. I'm a classically trained opera. Whoa. Like I've done a bunch of things, but comedy appealed to me. The most and I've stuck with it the longest and had the most success with it because it's the one where it's like, I don't need nobody else. I need me and a microphone Mm -hmm. and a stool. And half of the times I don't get the other two things I mentioned. It's (laughs) like just me. yeah, And like an audience. And even if it's an audience of my peers or if it's like one person or I can say it into a microphone, whatever, it's fine. And there is something about not having to depend on anyone. Whereas with wrestling, it's all about being able to depend Mm
1: -hmm. on other
2: people and being able to depend on the person that you're working with. Because it really is, you know, I hesitate to call it choreographed because sometimes people will work out everything that they're doing beforehand. But a lot of times it's just that, like, you're working with someone who's been working as long as you have and you understand the language of being inside the ring. And so... There is a moment in the documentary where Hogan talks about like, oh, well, I mapped out the whole match and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's tight. And sometimes for like these big matches and it's a big match. They will take the time to do that. But very often it's just literally like, look, those two folks know exactly what they're doing and how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so the parts that rang true to me were when they were doing the part of that very famous WrestleMania three match where they're throwing punches and doing everything. And he says that he hears Andre say body slam because that's how wrestling typically works. It's
0: calling an audible. It's calling.
2: It's all audibles, Mm -hmm. especially now because like the, the refs, the referee's major job inside a wrestling ring, um, is to be a, stage manager slash voice of God like he is the voice of whoever is the booker which is another like word for director but not quite they're they're booking the stuff that's in the ring and so oftentimes they'll be wearing a headset and that headset will be connected to someone in the back who goes like You know, this match is going too long or the crowd's not really into it. Change the ending to this. I changed my mind. Do that. Do this. Do that. Mm -hmm. And Vince McMahon very famously does that all the time. And so that was one of those things that really spoke to me was when they were talking about how like um, Hogan wasn't sure if Andre was going to do the the job for him. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, I guess I should ask. Do y'all have any questions about wrestling and wrestling terms? I have many.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, that would
2: that would make this documentary easier for you to understand. Well, I I understand because I have answers.
0: Well, yeah, I was I did think about that scene specifically. I'm like, I didn't know what exactly was going on, but I got that Andre was in charge the whole time. Really, like, well, even though he had to take the predetermined outcome, like the whole like Hulk knew that he could do whatever he wanted to Hulk
2: and that was one of the great things about the documentary mm-hmm. as well is that typically when you're in the ring with someone so there's something called being stiff and that's when so when you are wrestling you have a pact an idea that the two of you together are working to make the same result and the same result isn't the same result is just whatever is best for business.
1: Yes, yes anding.
2: Yes, anding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds and, like an
1: improv thing. It yeah. kind of
2: is, yeah. yeah. And, and the result is going to be what someone else determines, and whatever is best is what makes a great match. Because people know that even if you lose, if you have a great match, that doesn't matter. You're still made, right? And so um, – in the documentary, they talk about how if Andre didn't like someone, if he thought there was a they were a loudmouth, and and by loudmouth they're typically meaning like if they thought someone was a backstage bully, right. if they thought if he thought someone was a dick, he was going to show you in the ring like, "Yo, I'm Andre and I'm here. I'm going to humble you, Big John, because stud. you, yeah, because you can't talk to people that way. You right. can't be that way to other people. And so what he did to Big John Stud, there's. There's two things that you can call it. You can call it being stiff, which is being stiff is when like, oh, you're actually hitting people. You're actually hurting people because that's the way that you work. There is also going into business for yourself, which is what Hogan was afraid he was going to do. Going into business for yourself is when you know that there's a way that the match is supposed to end. But I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go stiff and I'm going to hurt you. Mm. Um and I'm going to actually make this a wrestling match. Right. And one of the things they kept mentioning with Andre was the idea that like he was so big that if he decided to go stiff, there's nothing you can fucking do. <laughs> right. If he decided that he was going to go into business for himself, there's nothing that he can do. And that's why they talk about how amazing it was that he was so gracious and saying, look, I'm going to make sure everyone looks good. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm going to go over and go over is what it means to mean I'm going to win. Mm hmm. Um, also like put me over or be over or whatever means, um, to do the job, which means to lose, mm-hmm. um, to make sure the other person wins. But it's also like putting someone over, you can do that on the mic by like oh, right. physically, you know, and yeah. you can do that by, um, by selling and selling is when you're supposed to be injured by something. Mm-hmm. It's making it look like you're actually hurting. Right, right. Right. And so when people would talk about in the documentary, like, Oh, Andre was so great because he made sure to sell for me. He always sold for me. He always sold for me. He always, he always did that because they knew that Andre was always going over because, um, this was back during the era of kayfabe, which is a word that I don't know if they used very often in the documentary. Yeah. Um, kayfabe is when we talk about wrestling being fake. Mm-hmm. Um, Another way to think of it
0: <laughs> is
2: that wrestling inhabits um, and, and their storylines inhabit a fictional reality. And that fictional reality is kayfabe. And so kayfabe itself didn't get broken until later um, when there was like the steroid scandal and all this stuff happened. Okay. But during that time, kayfabe was still very much real, wherein. They pretended like everything that happened on screen was happening for mm-hmm. real. Um, they, continuity, basically. Yeah they, yeah, they led people to believe that everything was real. You couldn't travel together if you were supposed to be people who oh, hated hate each, each other. other yeah. Even if you were like, and that was one of another one of the reasons why they, they stressed that like, you can't, if you're not a wrestler or a referee, don't be in the locker room mm-hmm. because that's one of the places when they're, where they can actually be them fucking selves. Yeah, right, play right. cards. Yeah, and- other than like, You know, the fact that obviously sometimes they're fucking naked and they just don't want people in there while they're changing or while they're doing whatever. It's also the only place where they can like acknowledge their friendships and like Mm -hmm. be buds, plan out a match, which might like, you know, obviously there are certain things that get called on the fly, but then there are some things where you at least can be like, hey... We'll work out like some of the basic things, and then we'll call it as it happens.
0: So it sounds like actually, if Tanya Hart, if figure skating had a kayfabe, then Tanya yeah. Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, that shit would have like worked out okay. Yes, it would have. Yeah, if, yes. yeah,
2: yeah. If there was kayfabe in there, then that definitely would have been a storyline. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it would have been the perfect storyline: best friends, and then one turns on each other. Yeah. hires some goon to injure the other well, one, and-, and then she comes back and wins it all. That yeah. would have been the perfect wrestling storyline.
1: And it would have been a heel-face turnaround, too, somewhere yeah, in there. It also, yeah, it well, also—because
2: it would have been—well, um, I don't know, because people, I feel like, liked Nancy Kerrigan, except for— because what, what we call it when when like when a heel turns face or a face turns heel, we call it a double turn. Uh-huh. But what they had that was unique is because a lot of people didn't like Nancy Kerrigan. No. So, or, uh, but, I, Nancy- but people you know people liked Nancy Kerrigan, but, like, for— um, uh, Tanya Harding, a lot of people thought she was trashy and right. she was whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. but they had an unlikely friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea of her turning, which is what you call it when someone, um, betrays a friend or whatever, or like turning on their friend or when someone turns from face, baby face, good guy to heel, Which right. Andre kind of guy. did, right? Yeah. Andre, Andre turned heel. But yeah. well,
1: so did Hulk Hogan. So Hulk Hogan, wasn't he originally a heel? He was originally a bad
2: guy. He's gone through uh, several phases. Oh, he he has. was, but like, and most people don't remember because a lot of his bad guy stuff was during the territory days, right? Mm-hmm, right. Which was another thing that I thought that they explained very well. Outside of Canada, when Andre uh, first came to to North America, he was wrestling uh, mainly in the Midwest milwaukee detroit in detroit he was actually called the polish giant and in minneapolis it was called either andre rusimov or andre the giant frenchman the name under the giant the first time it actually happened was in chicago there was a promoter there who wanted to book andre so he called the promoter back in montreal so he said, you know, well, we call him Jean Ferry, Giant Ferry. So the promoter there started laughing and said, I cannot call him a Giant Ferry. You know, what's his real name? What's his, you know, first name? So they said, well, it's Andre. So, okay, we'll call him Andre the Giant there. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: So Paco knows a bit more. He was actually at WrestleMania three. So
2: no fucking way. Yeah,
0: Pontiac, Michigan. But I'm the the one that doesn't know much. But I could follow the documentary, so I
1: could kind of pick up what they were were putting down. Yeah. What was WrestleMania 3 like? Yeah. Well, imagine a uh, 13-year-old boy going to his dream place and smelling sweat and beer, and I touched Andre the Giant. I touched you touched him. him? I touched him on the shoulder. I did not know this. My buddy and I, that I went with, we put our hands on his shoulder, and our hands looked like we we're touching the side of an elephant. Oh, I
2: bet he
1: was gigantic, and he wore that. It's like, like that, that, that scene from Brooklyn yeah, time. Yeah, that singlet, <laughs> the singlet
2: with the with the, the, that barbarian singlet. Yeah.
1: So he walked by us, and on his left shoulder, we put our hands. So we went. We were gigantic wrestling fans. We had, a, as all boys did, and I'm sure girls did too. We had a makeshift ring in my buddy's backyard. Mm-hmm. My Buddy's dad's a psychotherapist, and he could care less about wrestling. But he took us, because it was like... He
2: should, it sounds perfect for him. It
1: kind of does. But he sat, we got basically on the floor seats, and we actually did, we were on the floor, and and Dr. Semroth, Dr. Semroth read the New York Times during the entire thing he sat with his legs crossed and read the newspaper because he was just like whatever my kid wants that's for his so birthday funny. and we were going nuts because mm-hmm. me for me like Jimmy Snuka like Superfly Snuka like I had like the British Bulldogs I had my favorite people right you know I, I loved um, um,
2: rest in peace both of them yeah Snuka I hope you didn't kill that lady
1: right and uh, Ricky the Dreamboat
2: <laughs> you're gonna say that that's like the thing steam- you say a lot with people who are dead.
1: <laughs> yeah I hope you didn't Yeah, kill somebody but Ricky the Dragon Ricky the Steamboat Dragon like I had all my he is one
2: that you never hear anything but lovely things about mm-hmm. oh, and really? he's still um much like with football with wrestling a lot of people cognitively aren't necessarily all there right but uh steamboat is someone that like he's still every time you have him on a podcast he's done rick flair several times oh, wow. um he's still very much there he remembers everything and he sounds like a sweetheart
1: you know who is our football coach for mm-hmm. a little bit uh george the animal steel
2: no fucking way yeah
1: yeah, way. at your high school? He was a high school football coach. What? Yeah, in Detroit. Yeah, Some Kenny Powers shit. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: a fucking crazy. That's
1: what he did. He taught high school. He was a high school no, football I coach. I knew. I knew. Yeah. I
2: knew about that part. Yeah. But like the odds that it would be in where
1: Michigan, Detroit. Oh, yeah, because it was Pontiac, Pontiacs right outside of Detroit. So George the Animal Steel was a also a scout for the Lions. So he would go to different high school games and watch kids and stuff. So we met him all the time. He was super nice, super lovely guy. Very hairy. Awesome. Very hairy. (laughs) You remember when you eat the turnbuckle? He would like That's eat, so eat the turnbuckle sometimes.
2: <laughs> the turnbuckle is the part of the ring that holds the ring together. So oh, it's the ring post area. Yeah. 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 And so they cover the turnbuckles because it's, it's essentially where everything comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be a real bad guy, you take the cover off of it. and Then you bash ah, someone's head yeah. into it. And oh, yeah. if you're a real fan, you ignore that their hand is actually going into it. <laughs> <water. laughs>
1: but you were talking about territories, yes. which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, I know. That was the th- something I didn't know anything about. I mean we'd done maybe one other, like we did the Iron Sheik documentary, but they didn't get into that stuff at all. And we
1: did uh, the Smashing Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: MMA, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that is one of the things that is, because if you're a fan of... Andre the Giant, this is, or even wrestling, a lot of the stuff is already lore. It's stuff you already knew. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they took so much time to emphasize that, like, he really was the king of the territories and what the territories were, um, and then how Vincent McMahon did away with that entire system, essentially. Um, And of course, Vincent McMahon agreed to be a part of it. And the winners are the ones who get to Write history. rewrite history well, like however he's
0: they want. One the, WWE's one of the producers, right? Don't they have a producing credit in this? I think I just okay. read that somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: how uh, you can be able to get their footage. If oh, yeah. Is oh, if okay. you, and what that also means is that Vincent McMahon gets to come on and...
0: Keeper his way through the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, in crocodile tear.
2: Yeah, he he is one of those figures, and they're talking about doing a movie about him. Mm, I'm um, sure, uh, which is going to be in partnership with WWE Films. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, he's going to be a producer on. But it it it's he is definitely a very divisive figure in wrestling. No mm. one can deny that him and his family have. Um, They were part of what made wrestling the worldwide global phenomenon that it is. It's also one of those things where it's like, well, with the advent of cable, had they not bought up everyone's best people from all the different territories? And the idea that he's like, well, they all came to me. Nah, dude. I mean, some of them came to you. It's
0: kind of like a poaching situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was a, yeah. it was poaching. Well, he, he offered money. He offered, he their, offered money. Yeah. And well, that's what poaching is. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's and, a good point. And it's also <laughs> like,
2: if you're a dude, and especially I do appreciate that they emphasized that a lot of these guys in the territory system were getting older, and wrestling takes... Right such a toll on you especially the way they used to do it back then and it's part of the way they're doing it now which is why the territories and I'm so glad that they talked about that because now with indie wrestling you are getting back because indie wrestling is starting to be big again mm-hmm. and you are or not even starting to be it is big again and you are getting we're not calling it the territories we're calling it indie wrestling but it works like the territories.
0: it works like bar shows or something right the way with comedy. it works like yeah. bar shows with yeah. comedy yeah
2: and you know there are other than the wwe if you're looking for something you know there's tna um which is a bigger promotion but not quite wwe because no one is wwe mm-hmm. um in the u.s there's ring of honor which is um, kind of the best of the best of the indies. And then there's Japan, which has new Japan and a bunch of different, um, organizations. And there are also a lot of different great, um, great indie promotions all across the country.
0: Are they like live streaming or what are they doing? Some of them yeah, are live streaming no.
2: now. Um, some of them are getting to the point where they're recognizing that, Hey, we can go on Twitch and then mm, we Twitch, can, right? Yeah. And then we can do video on demand and mm-hmm. we can do other things. um, a lot of them sell DVDs. Like if mm. you're going to see, like, there's, um, I believe Rise, is an all-women's, which mm-hmm. is amazing. I went a couple months ago, and I'm gonna <laughs> probably go. <laughs> I was gonna ask um, you about month. Glow
1: actually, too. Oh
2: yeah, please, yeah. yeah.
1: What I mean, uh, did you see that doc, or and or the Mark Maron vehicle?
2: I have seen the doc. <laughs> Should you call it the Mark Maron yeah. vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the doc. I have seen Glow. I have had a chance to. Um, to interview some of the folks oh, from GLOW. Nice. So I interviewed oh, wow. um, the women who played um, the, the, the biddies. The They're a comedy team. I'll have to find their names. I feel like a dick because I don't remember it offhand. Um, but they are super funny. They're oh, from nice. LA. They do a lot of comedy. We had them in on the podcast. Oh, fun. Um, we also had... Awesome Kong, uh, aka Karma, nice. who was on WWE. Yeah. She was also on TNA. She is amazing. Um, she is also one of the performers on there. And so I've gotten to meet a few of the people from Glow, and Glow makes me very happy. Yeah. I feel I, I'm trying to think the only one who really made it to WWE and the other stuff after Glow was. I want to say Victoria. Oh,
0: okay. Relating this to what I got interested in watching this is related to like these other issues we talked about, like like head injuries and football and things like that. Right. Like the, the part of it where it's like, it's about labor practices essentially, or like stuff that's come up, I guess about the fact that the WD, WWE, no one's uh, everyone's a contract employee. Yep, everyone's an, an independent contractor. Nope. Like a lot of what happened to Andre, it was like, if he had like, I don't I mean, he had the, he had money, but he, you know didn't take care of all his medical stuff because of the sport
2: well because there is no with WWE like and now they've gotten way better because of a lot of things that happened last decade mm-hmm. um because of different injuries because of CTE being in the news mm-hmm. because of course Benoit um
0: he do to kill himself
1: and
2: After he, he killed his family,
1: killed oh, right, oh, okay. different dude, and no. and yeah. some
2: other people who had passed away. Um, they got a lot better about being like, "Yo, if you ever worked for us and you need to go to rehab, we will pay for it." Right. Um, or they, that there's they, not
0: like SAG for them, or some of them are maybe SAG if they got in movies. There's yeah, but no,
2: but you can't be in SAG if you're in WWE. You which can't is, be. I mean, you you can be, but only for your acting stuff, okay. not for your wrestling stuff, which is essentially. A combination of stunt performing, acrobatics, and yeah. but there is no union for them, and they were pro- they will probably never be a union for them. Wow, um, that's
1: insane,
0: and no, yeah, so no, no other benefits. Like if you don't have a union, at least you think you'd get something. Well, no, of they, things, they do but, pay yeah. for your medical. Okay. They have doctors yeah. on site. Mm-hmm. They've
2: gotten better about it because they understand that bad, bad publicity is bad publicity. Right. Also, something else has changed. So I don't want to just say that it's because of bad publicity. You have to acknowledge that. Um, A lot of the great changes that have happened in WWE in terms of women being treated like people Mm -hmm. and not like objects and not like decorative, whatever, Mm -hmm. or just people to prop up men, but women wrestlers being acknowledged and all of this stuff. Um, A lot of the fact that they are taking care of their wrestlers and their retired wrestlers, um, a lot of their improved storylines, it goes back to the fact that... um, the WWE is a family business. Mm-hmm. It has been since the first Vince McMahon um, down to this Vince McMahon. And he was also, I, I, I don't know if they, if you realized it, because they never really said it, but in a lot of the shots where they're showing people interview Andre or people talking about Andre, Vince McMahon, before he bought out his dad, this Vince McMahon, our current Vince McMahon, he was also an announcer on the show.
0: I saw um that, yeah.
2: yeah and it wasn't something I think that they like really pointed out um like because- that looks like that guy, like face good, is slightly the same,
1: but he did the, something the to it. The chin dimple is always yeah, a that giveaway.
2: Is, the, that chin dimple is such a McMahon giveaway. Yeah, it, it is so yeah. McMahon-y. Yeah. But so it is a face. <laughs> you,
1: <laughs> you can put sour cream in that thing. Ooh, and, you, yeah. could,
2: uh, you, you could for sure eat guacamole <laughs> yeah. out of it. Just put a pestle to it and just, <laughs> just smash up some avocado. Mm.
1: I felt like doing that after this movie. Didn't he, like, <laughs> he wrestled, too, for a little bit, right? I mean, later on, he was in some matches, right? He,
2: all of the McMahon's wrestle. I'll, I'll lead. I'll get there. I'll okay, get there. I'm but sorry. Yeah, yes, no, 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 no. no. Yes, yes. You're absolutely right.
1: I'm going to write it down so we don't remember.
2: So, um, it, yeah, it's a family business, mm-hmm. and so. Vince mcmahon around the time when the attitude era started i love Something, that the
1: attitude era right that's,
2: they named it yeah they name all their shit because they can like that's the yeah. thing that always makes me laugh is when they're like women are people now it's like nigga it was always your company <laughs> if you said women were people before it was your <laughs> fucking company you could have said that 20 years ago <laughs> well, you know yeah. exactly the you hr at
0: the
1: company yeah. you could have it any time but that's yeah. fine
2: like they're all, That's oh well, this is funny. the most. It's like they're your records. Yeah, you, you're the only one keeping them. Yeah, uh-huh. Jake
1: the Snake didn't have to just put a snake on the lady. She could have been a <laughs> part of this.
2: She could have been a wrestle yeah. lady. Yeah. but so. During the Attitude Era, something happened called the Montreal Screwjob. Long story <laughs> short, someone was supposed to, much in the same way that you remember how Hulk Hogan was afraid in the documentary, uh-huh. that Andre wasn't going to put him over and Vince was like, he's going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. There was someone who, and, and and also going back to poaching and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's circular. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, how do I long story short this?
1: Just keep going.
2: Um, so, <laughs> um, oh, Ted Turner TBS, all those things. Decides one day he wants to have a wrestling company. He oh. buys WCW, um, which was televised, but was also one of the one of the few of the territories that was around. It was televised. If you lived on the East Coast or in the South, there was more of a chance that you saw WCW than you saw oh. WWE, just because of the way that cable worked. Got it. Okay. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of kids are WCW kids, the Ric Flair kids. That mm. also makes sense for why you see a lot of like you know when you hear the Ric Flair drop, when you hear a lot of Ric Flair stuff and Southern rap. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why okay. because for a lot of kids yeah. it was all super stations and super stations were all Ted Turner so Ted Turner decides I want to get into wrestling buys a wrestling company as like he had been friends with Vince McMahon forever and he was like I'm going to get into your business and Vince goes well you want to get into wrestling I'm a sports entertainer and Ted Turner goes like oh you think your dick big yeah. and
1: so <laughs> he starts just
2: throwing around his Ted Turner money yeah. and buying everything uh. um he buys an aged Hulk Hogan um, he ah. buys a bunch of other, like, very popular people from WWE, um, makes it a big deal, makes it seem like they're, like, doing an angle that involves WWE. And in fact, WWE sued because, like, he wasn't acknowledging that it wasn't an invasion angle.
1: Right. A different um, angle on that dangle. What is... What year are we talking?
2: We're talking around 1995 to okay. around... Yeah, to around 1997 or 8-ish. And so... um, so all of this is happening. There is a dude called Bret Hart, Canadian dude, all Canadian in as much as Hulk Hogan is all American. Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, wear pink, Bret right. Hart.
1: Drink a pint of maple syrup in the morning. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Um, famously had that, I think it was a Coca-Cola commercial where like the kids like Bret and he like hands him the sunglasses or whatever. And so um, Bret um, is between a rock and a hard place. WCW is offering him a lot of money. He says to Vince McMahon, Hey, I don't know if, and this is all, um, documented in another documentary, which is amazing. Um, called beyond the mat.
1: Oh yeah. Beyond the mat. Mick Foley's thing, right?
2: Mick Foley is also in that as well. yeah. Yeah. He's a huge part of that. I think that, I don't know if that was the ear thing or something else. Um, Oh no, no, no. I think that was the cage thing. Anyway. Yeah. So beyond the mat, another fantastic wrestling documentary. And all of this is documented in it because they were following Brett at the time. And Brett's trying to think about what's best for his family. Vince, at this point, is struggling and hemorrhaging because he had had all of these agent superstars. Right. And he was doing something where it was very much like every wrestling thing was an occupation. You know, Um, (laughs) Uh I'm the dude who works for the IRS. I'm the guy that's the dentist. I'm the the doctor. I'm the barbarian. Yeah. Um, and people didn't want that anymore. And he didn't realize that WCW came in and they started doing something different and that started working. And he also just didn't have the money to compete with Ted Turner. Cause Ted Turner's Ted Turner. Not back then. Now Vince is new. No, they want public. Shit's going real well. Yeah. So he, um, Vince is like, well, I don't know if I can afford to do your contract or whatever anyway. So go ahead and go over to WCW. And so he is supposed to drop the belt. To um, a very um, awesome, I guess the best thing you can call him is like a smaller, flippier,
1: <laughs> flippier.
2: gentleman and chaps named Shawn Michaels, <laughs> whose song was all about how sexy he was.
1: Uh.
2: Ah, I'm just a sexy bullet. It's a whole thing. And so he's supposed to drop the title to him. It's in Canada. He says, I don't want to drop it here. I don't want to drop the title here, even though it's like, I think it's a mania or whatever. He's Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to drop it here. Can I drop it tomorrow night at the Raw after mania or at the whatever after mania? I don't want to drop it here. And Vince is like, sure. Mm. Before this, there had been a wrestler called, um, not Sunny, there had been a wrestler called Medusa, who was their women's champion. She is and was, still is, uh, and this was for like the three seconds that they got some um they got some uh inspiration from how dope Japanese women's wrestling was <laughs> josie Rushling oh, really? joshi wrestling in the 90s a lot of the things that you see dudes doing today were perfected by women's wrestlers in Japan
1: always. Killing Hands it. Ahead. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: Streets ahead. Joshi? Joshi.
1: Joshi. Look
2: it up. I can wow. give you names. Sure. I'll give you names. And so um, she left WWE mm-hmm. as for WCW. champion for WCW. Mm-hmm. She left with the belt, shows up on WCW, tosses the belt in the trash.
1: Oh. Um.
2: Uh-oh. A couple of other people... Um. Rick Rude, Lex Luger, because WWE was on a taped schedule, they would wind up and WCW was live. They would show up on WCW live at the same time that they were on taped
1: oh, for no. WWE.
2: And in fact, one of the fun things that WCW used to do is spoil what was happening on WWE TV. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Ted
1: Turner. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ted Turner was guy. a monster. And this is Jane Fonda era, Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah
2: along with like Eric Bischoff and a bunch yeah. of other people who were incredibly competitive. Um and so because they were worried that Brett wasn't gonna drop the title, and again in the same way to bring it back to the documentary, that Hogan was afraid that um Giant wasn't going to drop the title. They screwed him.
1: Wow. And
2: so they early, they fast called a pin that was supposed to be a false pin. And the referee hands the belt. I believe he hands the belt. I don't think he takes it out, but I believe he hands the belt to Shawn Michaels and fucking runs out of the ring. This legendary referee runs out of the ring. Um, Shawn Michaels doesn't know what's going to happen. He pissed. He pissed or at least and some but people he got say the belt. some no cuz that's not how it works. Oh. That's not how it works. Oh. You don't want to be a part of dirty business. Oh. And some people insist that he knew and some people say okay. he didn't and in some interviews he says he did and in some he says he didn't. Jeez. Looking at it, he's not that good of an actor. Yeah. He's great on the mic. I don't think he knew.
1: Yeah, he looks confused.
2: He looks confused and he looks pissed. He takes it and goes, Vince comes out, everyone comes out, Brett is confused and pissed. He starts writing the letters WCW in the air. Uh, wow. And so that that is when the character of evil Mr. McMahon starts.
1: Oh, a character.
0: (laughs)
2: Sorry, it's a roundabout way to get there, but that part of it is really important because that is where the character of Mr. McMahon, Uh, wrestling McMahon, to bring it back to what you're talking about, that's where he starts. Because he goes on TV because everyone's talking about this and he does this... Infamous promo Which a promo is like Anytime When you're cutting a promo or You're doing an interview Against someone It can mm-hmm. either be in the ring Or it can be against another person But it's you passionately Talking about Why someone is wrong And you are right Yeah And he's like I didn't screw Brett Brett screwed Brett
1: uh. Bow, 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 wow. bow, bow, bow. And that's when he becomes
2: mr mcmahon and brett had also feuded against stone cold steve austin whose star was rising at that point and he had already done the infamous Austin 316 promo and so then vince and austin started going against each other uh, um and they started fighting each other and like that became the big and so when you think of vince mcmahon as yeah, a wrestler yeah. that's the area that you're talking oh, about wow. and then they brought in his kids um shane mcmahon who is his son who was this always like playboy with too much money and too many friends, and then Stephanie McMahon, who yeah, was this innocent chick, until yeah.
1: <laughs> Triple H,
2: who was a stooge of Mr. McMahon, takes her to Vegas, drugs her, goes through a drive-through chapel, and marries her. Uh-oh. And she is supposed to be getting married to another wrestler named Test.
0: Uh oh! Wait, this is real or this is on camera? Oh, Okay. <laughs> this is all K. Oh, this part K-fabe. is K. Okay. That okay, other okay. thing that we did Great. was shoot. Uh-huh.
2: Shoot is shooting from the hip, so okay. it means real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A shoot is shooting from the hip, real. Got it. Kayfabe, kayfabe. is kayfabe. kayfabe. This is we're all kayfabe. kayfabe. Okay. We're back we in kayfabe. We're back in the okay. And although I was and, so
0: confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
2: Bret Hart stuff. It's a kayfabe that's kayfabe. That's shoot. That's shoot. That's, that's real shoot. shit.
0: That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a shoot. Okay.
2: The stuff with Stephanie McMahon and everything we're getting into now, and the stuff with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Evil Mister McMahon, the character. That's all kayfabe. Uh. And so he <laughs> takes awesome. her in, marries her, whatever. And then we find out that she was evil all along, which is great because oh. if not, that would have been really fucking terrible and illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was evil all along. Oh. And then she rises up, and Shane and her battle over who's more evil. At one point, WCW was going down because Ted Turner was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And he <laughs> sold all of his shit. And they were like, Why the fuck? are we spending why is David Arquette here why are we spending <laughs> David Arquette became the WCW champion for a while what fucking the, the actor no, yes the, the no limit soldiers were there Dennis Rodman was there um, and when, when, certain,
0: when was Trump going in the ring when was that shit uh, happening I was
2: like that was 10, before that. After that.
1: Oh, after that? Because this is the mid-90s. She's talking okay. about... So well, like... Yeah,
2: so now we're around year 2000. Oh, okay, okay. And so WCW tanks because they made really dumb decisions and they were like, why the fuck are we spending all this money on wrestling? Why are we spending all this money on this dumb shit? Mm-hmm. And so Vince McMahon buys it,
0: mm, oh. which is also part of why...
2: Uh-huh. And so they do this whole thing where the in kayfabe, it's that Shane, his son, bought it Um. And so he's standing in the middle of the ring and they do a simulcast on the what was supposed to be one of the last, like the last episode of a WCW programming. Shane McMahon shows up and everyone's like, what the fuck if you don't read the magazines? And they simulcast it on, um, I think believe it was Raw. And so it's him and Vince McMahon talking to each other. And it's this whole thing starts a storyline, yada, yada, yada. And so, yes, wrestling for them is a family business. Right now, the people who are running it, Shane went away for a while. And this is shoot. This is not kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Although in kayfabe, he was obviously gone. Mm-hmm. He went away for a while. He was running like the Chinese version of YouTube. He, I think, <laughs> I think the thing is, is he wanted to prove that he could be his own man. Right. Uh-huh. And he'd also been like... Wrestling these crazy things. Shane's thing is he will fucking find the highest thing and throw himself off of it. Mm. That is his thing. It is scary, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie McMahon actually married, and they weren't married at the time, and they weren't in a relationship at the time. So they shoot say, marriage. this is a shoot, shoot marriage. marriage. Okay. Um, they weren't married at the time during the kayfabe thing, or so they say. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But the dude that kayfabe married her, they fell in love and got real married. Wow. <laughs> set romance.
1: Oh, and my God. Yeah,
2: and his name is Triple H. Um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley is his kayfabe name. Um, his real name, who cares? Has so, anyone had a
0: kayfabe baby yet? Has that happened? Yeah,
2: that's happened. Oh, okay, Oh, for Good. sure. Yeah. Kayfabe babies and shoot babies. They both happen. <laughs> and so what is happening right now is... Um, Vince is clearly starting to back away from the company. He has started his own kind of sports entertainment business because I feel like he feels like he already knows that this is going well. Yeah. And he knows that this is a generational thing and he wants to do his own thing and kind of have it be a side whatever. Stephanie has been running this. okay. She has essentially been running WWE for like almost a decade, right. for like a really long time. He's also been running it with her, mm-hmm. but like she has had a lot of power. He's the last word, but day to day she's doing a lot of mm-hmm. it. And so is Triple H. Uh, and what makes this significant is it's the first time in the history of this company that someone who is actually a wrestler was in it. Was a wrestler, right. has been wrestling, <clears throat> has been in it, and you can see the difference in the way that things that he is in charge of handle storylines. And there was a time when, like, it, people hated him because they were like, well, you're getting all these opportunities because you're married to Stephanie and you're holding people down and burying... Jared Kushner
0: style, yeah. Yeah,
2: and burying is, like, a term that people use for, like, a shoot thing where they're like, oh, well, you have more power, so you're burying this other person so mm. they can't be as big and blah, blah, blah. And maybe he did. It's like yeah. what
0: me and Paco do each other yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 you bury each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck you.
2: Yeah. Um, but so... But you can see a lot of these policies towards that.
0: Mm-hmm. Because there's a wrestler in charge. Because there's a wrestler
2: in charge. Mm-hmm. And um, I've often said the best thing that ever happened to the women's division in WWE was Triple H and Stephanie having an only daughters.
0: Oh, yeah. That's real. That's, they, they truly only have daughters. Shoot, they truly shoot only shoot have daughters. daughters.
2: Shoot daughters, which is yeah. funny because um, <laughs> Shane is back now. And he only has shoot sons. Oh, mm-hmm. wow! Which is really funny.
1: That is that's it, it makes. I it,
2: took you guys on a long no, road to awesome. get to this point. I know. Yeah.
1: I, I, I was
0: like, "What about the labor practices?" <laughs> we got <laughs> we got into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so
2: I, I, It's so hard with wrestling because it is such There's a so generational, mm-hmm. yeah. years long thing. Yeah, um, a lot of these. It's a family businesses for a lot of people. A lot of people are wrestlers and their daddies were wrestlers and their aunts are wrestlers. The whole Samoan dynasty, like The Rock, mm-hmm. um, Roman Reigns, The Usos, um, Rikishi, like all of these like dudes, a lot of these dudes are all from like one family. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling can be and is for many people a family business. How mm-hmm.
1: do wrestlers today differ or what, how do they differ? And what are some maybe, let's just talk about different. How do they differ from the wrestlers of the 80s, of the, the heydays of the 80s? Um, Of the the Andre the 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 Giant. yeah, Right. Right. Yeah.
2: I would say, aside from Andre, who obviously loved to drink because he hurt all the time.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I got hit by a bus. I can relate. Um, Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. He, or they, I would say, the wrestlers now, they do a better job of drug testing. Drug testing Uh, is huge. mm -hmm. Drug testing is huge. And there are some people who probably don't get tested as much as oh, other people. God.
1: Right, right, right. But
2: there isn't as much as like back in the day it used to be like you hear these wild fucking stories of like we were so drunk we almost got thrown off the plane. Mm-hmm. We were all driving together and, and drinking and throwing Iron our cans. Stories yeah, like and that, yeah. throw and, and we would race each other down the road in in, you know, whatever like some southern drunk town. Dry, right? yeah, 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 no, and throwing cans Empties, and stuff yeah. at each other and things like that. That doesn't happen anymore because mm-hmm. of social media. Right. right. Like that stuff is yeah. that, that
0: social media aspect would be very different in the Andre period too. Right. Oh, imagine. you would have been yeah. well fucked. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. And so a lot of it is as they are on their best behavior, but it's like there is also the way that WWE works now, the way that it worked before is like they were true independent contractors. Mm-hmm. You worked on your own time, you did your shit on your own time. Right. You work out, you work out. If you don't, you don't. Vince will just fire you if he doesn't like the way you look, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The way that it works now, they do work more with like companies to be like, hey, when you're in this town, we're going to have this gym that's just for us during this time so that all of you can work out in the in the, in the the day because we know that you have to, not just to, whereas before a lot of the working out was to maintain um, more of an aesthetic thing. Yeah. Now it's like a lot of the guys are smaller. They're not as big. And that is part of, I think, the Japanese and Mexican and indie influence. Because oh. um, a lot of dudes are like, and I mean, they're still look, if like some of they're them cut. walked in, yeah. yeah, some of them walked in, it would be like, yeah, you're five foot ten of muscle. Right, right, right. But there aren't these like, you know, it, it really did used to be the standard was like, Six foot three or four, blah, blah, blah. And there is mm-hmm. some of that, but there is also room for kind of smaller dudes too to yeah. get in there, getting where you fit in. That's
1: what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to have like more of a freak show, sideshow element to it, right? Like wrestling was like, you know, Andre the Giant and midget wrestling and like, mm-hmm. you know, the Hawk mm-hmm. Hogan's of the world. And mm-hmm. like, it seems like now it's just like, 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 regular dudes that just happen to fucking lift weights. And also,
2: it's called minis wrestling. It's not... What is
1: it? Minis. Minis. Oh, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the- um, And that is still really big in Mexico, but the difference is when you would see that kind of, like, quote-unquote slur midget... hmm Toss like thing here, it would be like, Oh, it's funny, look at him. Whereas in like in Mexico, the minis can fucking work, yeah, I'm sure. And those matches are real fucking matches. Um, and even and and much like anything else, like those dudes are it's generational Mm. where it's like you'll have dudes who look, my dad was a wrestler, his dad was a wrestler, and they fight other wrestlers, and it's not like this joke angle and wwe has done it because they've they've hired dudes like hornswoggle and like other dudes who have been like little people and they've clearly just been hired for the like (laughs) get it factor yeah but like in other places again in 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 mexico and i'm sure there are places where minis aren't treated as well but in most of the stuff that i've seen like it's a real fucking show yeah like they go in there and they fucking wrestle yeah it's amazing
1: That's awesome, I. One of the things about the Andre story that I thought was interesting. uh, There's a lot, but the his handler guy. His his oh yeah (laughs) yeah. Like I didn't I didn't never heard that story before. Like I've heard Mm -hmm. a lot. Like this documentary didn't give me more a lot more information that I already knew. Yeah,
2: it's not one of those things like with the Ric Flair documentary where it's like. You've heard some of those stories, but a lot of those are brand new, and yeah. they really got into. There's a difference between the kind of documentary you can do when someone is alive and right. is willing to right. bear their whole soul True. and tell you everything, yeah. and the kind when someone's been dead for a few decades mm-hmm. and people don't want to be disrespectful to their yeah. friend.
1: Mm-hmm. But when his friend was saying, like the 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 locker room was earned, like that's for wrestlers. It's,
2: again, it's yeah, it's for wrestlers and it's for refs. And that's it. And
1: he went in thinking he was yeah. somebody. Remember that story? Yeah, in, in, well in, and remember
2: there are a lot of people who work in um there are a lot of people who work in wrestling. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. And even back then. Because there are there are wrestlers, there are referees, there are also ring announcers oh right there are also bookers uh, there are also managers yeah, who are yeah, yeah. people who, writers
0: too right yeah
2: There's writers right. Yeah. yeah no there are a lot of writers now oh yeah and the same way that reality tv has writers there right, are a right. lot of writers have now. you ever known a writer
1: for yeah, wrestling? yeah.
2: Uh, um i think he's talked about it matthew mccarthy used to write uh, okay. for i feel like
1: didn't well, i don't know if i can say his name never mind bob mold you didn't buy, yes. Bob Mold did it, yeah. There's yeah.
2: been a few people who have written. Yeah. Um, Patrice O'Neill wrote for it really? for a no while. Way. Yeah, he's talked about it. That's uh, awesome. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr.
1: What after
2: his heyday of being Freddie Prince be Jr. He charming... was he was a fucking writer for WWE. What? Would you oh, do know. it?
1: You would do it in a heartbeat.
2: Fucking please. Yes. Okay. Please. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm shooting. Do the, from the hip here. do these kind of storylines and arcs too?
2: They do, and mm-hmm. now that it's easier for them to be able to do. Um, Things online, on Mm -hmm. Twitter, on um, anywhere, it becomes easier. And especially, here's something that's really interesting that's happening with a bunch of indie dudes. I'm going to long story short this. There is a guy named Cody Rhodes who is the son of legendary wrestler Dusty Rhodes. And he is part of a faction um, that is called the elite who is part of a bigger faction. And I know you guys don't at me. I know what's happening <laughs> with that, but I have to make this quick. Um, it's for me.
0: It's not yeah, for it's you. A, <laughs> um, it's for George. It's not for you guys. And I know so about they're part stuff. of
2: a bigger faction called the bullet club. And they are indie dudes who go around everywhere. They worked, um, Ring of Honor they would work Japan they would work in different places but they would have a storyline that would go through all of them and so what they would do is weekly they would put out these uh, half an hour episodes of things that would tie everything together and it would be like half Um, behind half like road diary which would be real shit Mm. like hey we're waiting here this is what's happening this is what's happening and then half of it would be storyline that would help move the story along because that's the kind of thing that you can do now now that you have YouTube Mm. and so it's very easy for these before WWE was one of the only places where you could have this like through line but you can say like look I want to have a through line that takes me throughout no matter which indie promotion I go to, no matter what country I'm in, this is the story that I'm doing. And now with YouTube and with Twitch and with all these other places, you can do that as wow. an indie wrestler. It's a very good time. There are you are got to keep wrestlers.
0: track of your continuity yeah. like somehow. With like, I don't yeah. know if there's like a, master, and, and is a master continuity that everyone has to refer to. That's what you're talking for, about. Yeah. For them, it is.
2: Yeah. It's a way for them to be like, it doesn't matter if we're in Japan. It doesn't matter if we're doing Ring of Honor. It doesn't matter if we're doing PWG, which is in Reseda. It doesn't matter if we're doing wherever we are. This is what's happening with our group. And these mm-hmm. are the interpersonal conflicts that are happening with our group and the conflicts that are happening with people outside of our group in order to keep because they have recognized that along with loving wrestling and being into wrestling and the physicality, part of the thing is the, like the story. Um, that's a huge part of the appeal. And so they figured out a way to do that where you can still follow them, even even though they're not with one company that can produce all of these things and they've discovered also that like you you can get a cheap camera you can do it on your phone that doesn't matter what matters is that you're telling a story right um and they became very popular and uh, some of them already were like the the uh um the young bucks are a tag team of brothers who have been popular forever all of their shit sells out and like major stores cody Rhodes shit sells out bullet club stuff sells out like mm it does you can be an indie wrestler these days and make Mm -hmm. money
1: vincent j mcmahon vince senior was one of the real power brokers in those days of professional wrestling he had new york we say new york the
0: territory ran up and down the atlantic seaboard from bangor maine to dc
2: my dad first found out about andre because of the exposure he was getting and canada someone said vince you have to get your hands on this guy he's an extraordinary attraction So my dad met with Andre, and they hit it off really, really well. And uh, my dad started booking Andre. My dad built the way the public
1: looked at him now as an attraction. He was a giant attraction.
2: professional wrestling much like comedy or stand-up comedy the only way to get better is to fail in front of people Mm -hmm. that's the only way and you can practice at home you can write jokes at home you can practice in front of your mirror you can practice moves and stuff um in a ring there are rings where you can do that but learning how to adapt to a live audience is such an integral part of both comedy and professional wrestling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you can only learn how to do that by failing oh, in front of people. Oh, that's so
1: interesting. I never thought about the parallels between these two things. But yeah, it is, we're basically
2: the same thing. We are all, yes, we are <laughs> basically in the family. No are is. I'm basically Hulk Hogan, but, like, <laughs> yes. but like I like black people.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Were you, uh, never mind. Um, no, please. Whoa. Oh, you know,
2: you can ask this. I'll get into it, my friend. It was weird to watch him doing it, and I understand because he's such an important part of the Andre the Giant story, but I'm also like... We cannot get back into the normalization of Hulk Hogan until he apologizes for saying that he doesn't want his daughter to date N-Words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that. Yeah, I kind of
0: remember that. I was also, I didn't watch it, but there's that other documentary about how he helped bring down Gawker with Peter Thiel's money. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. She got problems with that guy, too. Yes,
1: of course. Peter Thiel's a piece of shit, man. I, I, uh, there's a awesome. true heel. Uh, yeah, indeed. See? Picking heel. it up. See? Yeah, yeah. You're, I thought it was interesting finding out about Andre's early life from this doc. This is the stuff I yeah. didn't know, yeah. like Jean mm-hmm. Ferrer or Ferry or whatever his name right. was. You know, and the the different like. Oh yeah,
0: that's like a French. Like legends, kind of like a Paul Bunyan yeah. type of yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Or like a Mark Henry, or like, yeah. a, which there is actually a wrestler. It's fine. <laughs> and like, but no, it is kind of like that thing of like the strong man who can do what men can't.
1: Right. And how he'd go to different areas and they're like, your name's going to be like Andre the wrestler. And then they're like, well, you were Andre the wrestler last time. Now you're Andre the giant.
2: Well, that is so much a part of the territory system. Yeah. Because everyone knows. If you're a dude who runs a territory, and they were all dudes, yeah, um, yes, <laughs> you know what's going to work in your territory, yeah, mm-hmm. and you understand fully in the same way that, like, as a comic, you understand that, like, you can't do regional jokes about. Silver Lake, if right. you're going out to fucking Milwaukee. But then going do. to Canada,
1: I don't know what to do. I have to, to, to they scrap still everything. Do. I still see LA comics in <laughs> Sacramento talking you about You guys the like free healthcare? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You know, or that thing where you go to a town and you're like, what's the city that no one likes? Yeah. I'm <laughs> so that you can like make your joke fit yeah. into like yeah, where exactly. they live. And they yeah. go like, huh, Glendale. Uh, yeah. I get you. <laughs> I, get you.
1: <laughs> I get you. Except,
2: of course, in LA, would, everyone would be like, where do all of your Armenians live? And everyone's like, what the fuck is an Armenian? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right.
2: That- um, but yeah, no, so it's like that, where it's like everyone knows what is going to work best with their customer base and, and with their territory. And so while they all work together, and it was, it really was a big deal that um, Vince McMahon, the, 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 not this one, but the other one. The senior. Um, the
0: senior, junior, sorry. He's the
2: junior, I believe. I believe that this Vince McMahon is the third. Oh, okay. Oh. Third. Right. Um, and so. There is a reason why it was a big deal that he was like, yeah, you can have my special attraction. And it's like, well, yeah, because it makes you sometimes in business you do things because you're like, this doesn't hurt me any, but... And it also additionally makes me look like a magnanimous person mm-hmm. because they were right when they were talking about how, like, when you have an attraction like that, there's only so many times right. that you can put that attraction out before Same it gets market, old and right. people don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's seen as, oh, well, it was so great of him to let us have him. But it's like, well, what the fuck else is he going to do? Right. And what the fuck else was Andre going to do?
1: Exactly. Was
2: he going to just sit at home? No. Because no one gets paid to sit at home. No. Mm-hmm. Um and no one gets paid enough to sit at home. And what
1: else are you gonna do at seven foot seven, four hundred pounds or whatever he was?
2: Uh, uh, seven foot four, five hundred and twenty pounds.
1: Jesus,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like the the documentary had variable heights, but he was growing. I guess. Well, he was, was growing, thing. and also and he was growing at the age of like forty five or whatever. He was still like
2: he was still growing for a minute, but also, uh, wrestling heights and weights are. Negotiable. Yeah,
0: oh, kayfabe. Kayfabe, yeah. yeah. K-fabe I'm gonna and I'll start like...
1: yelling that whenever I do anything inappropriate. <laughs> kayfabe, I... kayfabe. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was funny, too, is when they mentioned like he hated Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And the Iron Sheik.
2: Loud mouths.
1: Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought that was.
2: And both of those guys were super over. And I'm sure, and, and again, it's one of those things where this is your boy. Your boy is dead. You're not going to get up there and be like, sometimes he will pet it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: this is like I, the
0: Sam Kinison documentary problem in a way. Too, a little bit, right? yeah. yeah. Retrospective docs
1: are a little tough mm-hmm. c- for yeah. people because they're not going gonna- like, to.
2: Sometimes he will pet it,
1: yeah. And like,
2: I'm sure that part of it is when you go in there and, and I don't want to say because I wasn't there, but Andre obviously was an attraction and he was a sweet dude, but both of those dudes were also like iron chic was good on the mic in a way that he needed to be at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Macho man is like one of the best that there ever was on the mic. And when they say he didn't like loud mouths, part of me is like, well, I'm sure that part of it is he doesn't like bullies in the locker room. Um, And anyone who gets to a certain big boy point can be. And that's why um, another weird divergent thing. So um, the undertaker Mm. who is the undertaker, he's obviously a, a, a big man. He used to hold like arrest their court so that when people were shitty to each other in the no. locker room, when people were shitty to each other in the locker room, they would hold court oh. and you would have punishments and stuff as a way to like keep people from wow. being too shit holy or asshole punishment, shoot punishment, shoot court, shoot yeah. court. Um, and that was part of the reason why, oh my God, I'm sorry. That was part of the reason why um, with Shawn Michaels and the, some of the dudes he ran with, um, they were called The Click. Triple H was part of that click. Um, some dudes who went to WCW were part of that click. And they wound up being like the cool dudes who were almost like above all of that stuff. And they wound up like really getting the ear of Vince McMahon and Vince would do a lot of what they wanted to. And that's another reason mm. why someone like a Bret Hart didn't want to necessarily, um, put Shawn Michaels over in Brett's own like home country. Right. Um, because of the fact that they were like, not, necessarily seen as team players behind stage and they also did something this is very quick i'm so sorry they also did something (laughs) that was called the curtain call when a lot of them left to go to wcw um they broke kayfabe in ring Mm mm-hmm and, like, we're all hugging, even though it was, like, a match oh, where they were supposed shit. to hate each other. And, like, holding up their hands and stuff. Um, and they all left. And Sean didn't get in trouble, but Triple H did get mm. in trouble because he was the low man on the totem pole at the time. Um, so wrestling can go on forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, just, like, if you're a star, people just kind of cut you slack no matter uh-huh. what. And then, yeah. And then any, yeah. In any
2: But the area. thing with Andre is, mm-hmm. when you were in the ring with him... He bigger than you yeah. and he's always going to be uh, until he wasn't anymore and he had to stop. Yeah. But at that point he was Andre. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah,
1: exactly. Don't
2: be a dick. Don't take advantage. Right. And then also, and they don't talk about this, but I have to believe as a, as a person who tries not to be petty with her whole heart, but will occasionally yell at someone with zero followers online, mm. um, <laughs> I have to believe that occasionally there were times when he would just like, Squeeze a little too hard Just to remind you That he's there Yeah Yeah. Yeah. You know
1: Well someone in the doc I think it was Vince Said it's not a We're not a business Of tough guys We're a business Of entertainment Yes Yeah So stop being a fucking dick And go along Mm
2: -hmm. Yes Go along Not even just go along To get along Go along to make Everyone money Yeah If you're telling It's like any other Kind of actor Like you know I don't know How Infinity War Is going to end I haven't (laughs) seen it yet Yeah I'm going to see it on, like, Tuesday and then review it, and it's going to be tight. But, like, when did this go up?
0: Uh, after Infinity War came out.
2: Tight. So I recorded <laughs> this before Infinity War came out. Pretty we... sure
0: Hawkeye's going to play an important role.
2: <laughs> so no these because I haven't actually seen it yet. But we're going to go ahead and say that if Thanos is the bad guy, and we know that there's maybe one to two things with Thanos in it, eventually and and then that they're going to continue the newest phase of Marvel he's going to be defeated we don't know if he's going to die we don't know what's going to happen to him we don't know if it's in this infinity excuse me infinity war or in the fourth movie we don't know Mm -hmm. we do know that somehow he will at least be pushed back yeah right do you think Josh Brolin is like well fuck Fuck you that ain't realistic (laughs) I'm a purple nigga in this chair (laughs) Like, that's not how it works. No. And it's the same way for wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's a story.
1: Yeah, you
0: know? yeah.
2: It's all And it's all about telling the story. I'm right. just
0: surprised it's Josh Brolin. I thought it was Ron Perlman this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, not wrong. But so, um, <laughs> not Ron Pullman. Um, yeah, not but, Ron Perlman. But so, but so, that's what it is about wrestling. It's mm-hmm. like, if you're making a good story... Yeah. You don't care, man. You're getting yeah, paid. Exactly. You're getting paid. You're doing what you love, and it's all about the story.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you and you're living your dream. I mean, like... If- that's if you're living your dream go just go up there and fucking do what you're supposed to do right make some money
2: do the dudes that open for Dave Chappelle like come out and hit him with a chair in real life because they want to fucking take over yeah the the like headlining (laughs) slot no no No.
1: yeah (laughs)
2: they're making good money they're not
1: shooting from the hip
2: yeah and they know they'll get there
1: exactly if only they had a glandular disorder to make them better comedians And then the Princess Bride shit was pretty interesting in the stack. That stuff I didn't know either. Right. Like they had a drop Robin Oh, Carrie Carrielis looks weird. Yeah.
0: Who looks well, better, him or Vince? I mean, yeah.
2: I'm yeah. uh, d- 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 somehow Vince had less work, and I don't know mm-hmm. how that's possible. That is true. And I love Vince, Carrie Elwes, so maybe it's just one of those things where it's like I'm looking at him from a teenager's. He had a lot right of makeup on. Want, I, He yeah. looks
0: kind of eerily like Uncanny Valley young Carrie Elwes. But
2: yeah, it's very Uncanny Valley. It's re- definitely very like that Final Fantasy movie where yeah. you're like. Mah.
0: The eyes
1: don't quite turn it's on. It's like the way. Polar Express. But like the, the, <laughs> oh, the, the moment where they're like, they had to dr- drop Robin Wright from wires because oh, yeah. 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 he couldn't. And she's like 110 pounds, and he's Andre, right. and like, yeah. couldn't like hold on to her and stuff. Oh man! Stop that rhyming. I mean it.
2: You know, and there are a couple of big guys now that they've WWE has always been, and I call it like. Instead of chasing Amy, I call it chasing Andre. Mm. Um, WWE continues to try to make dudes into an Andre. There's a guy called Big Show, who they used to call the Giant, who kayfabe was Andre the Giant's son shut up (laughs) uh, he's a very sweet man and Uh he's very very talented and he's also swapped in between companies and he often swaps alignments and it's it's weird but he's like a big dude and he he doesn't have um the pituitary disorder that Uh, andre did but he's also a very large man but he's very very funny and he he seems to come off very very sweet and like he really cares about the business um and he is at a point now where he's older. People are like, well, why don't you just retire? You only show up every couple of months. Like, not even months. You only show up, like, maybe twice a year. Mm. And he has done a lot of work on himself, understanding that, like, yo, I'm fucking. I think he is. If he's not. I don't remember what he's billed at. And again, build at weight is all fucking k fame. Yeah. build at height and weight. But I want to say that he was always billed at, like, seven foot. Maybe, wow. like. 450 500 um and so he has done a lot of work to like try to take some of that slack off of his bones because he's like i would like to live longer right Mm -hmm. um there's also a dude um from india called the great kali who clearly i don't know if it's been talked about i didn't research that before this because great Kali's not good at wrestling and but i do wish him well Mm. um (laughs) he clearly has I think the pituitary thing uh-huh. that Andre the, the Giant did, uh, or
0: whatever. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's he's from India, and he again is one of those dudes who seems like a very very sweet man. Um. Physically, he is smaller. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he might be around the same height, but like he's not he's as not like big, thick, thick. Thick, yeah, yeah, thick. Um. Because maybe I and I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but I think maybe he had like the. Whatever the the tumor pressing oh, issue or whatever it yeah, is, yeah. he might have had that taken mm. care of. But WWE was pushing him big for a while. It just didn't work out. Um, WWE loves Day Big Dude yeah. right now. Day Big Dude is um, there's Brock Lesnar, which whatever, right? It's fine. Um, and then there's Braun Strowman, who um, I think <sighs> here's what's disappointing me about what's happening now is because they were realizing that you can make someone be a big legend without them having to hurt themselves and be too big to live. Uh, you can make them a legend just by telling us they are. Cause that's your job. Right. So they would do things like Instagram make it where me. he would like fucking take down ambulances <laughs> and like all this stuff. And CGI. It would be, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> or like, you know, wires and pulleys and right. fucking like gimmick things or whatever. It's like, that's all I need. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need nobody to kill themselves, right? I don't need nobody to be like an unsustainable to, to do a job that's unsustainable with their body type, yeah. Uh, yeah, just give me the sills, God. Man. What was
0: the surgeries that Andre was having near the end? Was it back surgery? Well, he had or a back surgery. surgery, he was
2: supposed to have a bunch of others, but I don't oh, know if he did. Gosh. He had to have an ankle surgery, knee.
0: oh, that
1: that knee, yeah. shit. oh, yeah. God. they showed close up of all of his like oh. scars and shit, and, oh, and then he just
2: and I will say this. If you are a wrestler and you've been wrestling for at that point he'd been wrestling for 15 17 years, that's just your fucking life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's just your life. Right. Yeah. Knee surgeries, neck surgeries, back surgeries, elbow, blah blah blah. Yeah. Stitching just- together your bones, fixing your spine, putting your bicep back where biceps go. Ugh. Jesus. Fucking Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon one time fucking tore his quads. Ugh jumping into the ring oh. he was doing a running jump yeah. and slide which is like a normal thing and the way that he did it he fucking shredded his quads oh. just running and jumping can yeah. be like like just getting into the ring and doing what you do every day can be dangerous yeah, yeah. it is a dangerous thing And they have yeah. those
1: ridiculous cage matches stuff where they're falling from heights and like
2: well uh mick foley has had to be rebirthed from scratch
1: yeah yeah he's like a frankenstein at this point
2: he got a new hip though and he Uh, looks great
1: have you seen the santa claus doc where he it's like it's a he it's a doc that he did about people who play santa claus around the country
2: right well he also i think yeah um i good i haven't seen it yet but it was when he was still in pain (laughs) and i don't like to see because it was bad like he couldn't move very well and he like needed to have both knees replaced his hips replaced mick foley was one of those (sighs) dudes who was like he was hardcore back when hardcore was a thing we did one of his ears was like popped off because he got like he was in between ropes and the rope fucking (sighs) yeah like twisted and popped off his ear he's the one that like cell from a crazy yeah. heights during the Hell in the Cell on attacks, and he wasn't supposed to. Right, um, and they tried to legitimately stop the match, and he was like, "No, I'm good." And his like fucking family was in the front row.
1: Oh right, yeah, his daughter or something like.
2: Like his family, like yeah. his kids. I'll see kids, that. Like his- I'll
1: watch that. Like, yeah, that's, watch I think that's that.
2: also featured on Beho- yeah, uh, Beyond, Beyond the, the Match. Mat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: At yeah least. I think like the business aspects of some of this stuff was interesting to yeah. me and then just like you mentioned like this thing of like seeing how much pain he was in that he had to be drinking all the time like the amount that he was drinking mm-hmm. it was just self-medicating right
2: and, yeah. and that is something that people talk about a lot when they talk about Andre like oh he's such a party animal he's such a ladies man right. he used to drink all the time oh Andre could fucking drink a keg with his bare hands Andre could this Andre could that and it's like Andre hurt yeah mm-hmm. Andre in pain Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. both mentally and physically because yeah. they talk about both like just the toll that he being in that sit
1: anywhere. Right. The mm-hmm. toll that the being planes, in that body and yeah. doing
2: wrestling and people already, again, anyone who's 15 years into wrestling, you hurt all the time. Right. Unless you're getting like maintenance surgeries and then you have to take time off for those. Yeah. Um, but also the, again, the pain of just being a big dude and like a, a, world that was not built for him mm-hmm. and having to contort yourself and make yourself smaller yeah. combined with also the emotional pain of uh, something they got into a lot was, The idea that if you were any other kind of wrestler, if you were any other kind of heel, if you were any other kind of person, if you were Muhammad Ali, if you were famously, there's a story about Marilyn Monroe where she's doing an interview with someone. um, And I think that she's just on a train in New York and no one recognizes her because she's not Marilyn up. And she's talking to someone and doing an interview. And again, I believe it was a train in New York and they're walking outside and she goes like, oh, do you want to see Marilyn? And he's like, yeah. And literally all she does is like she fluffs her hair. She stands up straight and she becomes fucking Marilyn and no one was paying attention to her. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Like they're getting flocked by all of these people. And that's something that like other folks have been able to do either with like hoodies or sunglasses or, or hats or whatever. Andre can't do that because Andre is always going to be, you know, look, even if his build height and weight is... Seven four five hundred 500, whatever pounds, that's still, it's pretty big. You're still, you're still Andre the giant. You've still got that jaw. You've yeah. still got the way that you look. There is no way for him to hide no. yeah. and the emotional toll that that much take. And so that was something about the documentary that I found to be very interesting because a lot of times you hear about people talking about what a gentle giant he was and how much fun he was and what a partier Which he does was. Does
0: gentle
1: giant feel like, like condescending kinda, yeah, and weird? As, as very much so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 He have also didn't need to hotbox people with his farts and elevators. So I would. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, if I was awesome. Andre the Giant and people were already fucking treating me like I'm a sideshow attraction, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, my butt's at your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm farting in your face. Uh,
1: you, I've earned this shit, literally. And also,
2: considering the fact that, and they talk about like his language skills, like right, he English was like his. I don't even know if it was a second language. It was a couple languages because he was right. from France. But also because of the way that he's built, like he's not like...
0: His palate.
2: Yeah, his palate and everything. Mm-hmm. He's not like a great speaker. And there is so much power, and you guys know this, and the ability to make someone laugh. How does it make you feel to make someone laugh? And maybe physical stuff is what you have to make people laugh and maybe sometimes it's just a fucking fart yeah Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there and that's the joke that he had and that's why he could keep doing it because like maybe he can't control what's going on with his body maybe he can't do it you know physically maybe he can't do it with his mouth but maybe he can fucking make people laugh with a fart and how much power is there again and and just making people laugh like i get it a
1: lot there's a although
2: lot. like man don't fart Yeah, me. But, yeah. Like, yeah but, but, but it's one of those things where it's like yeah man fucking who doesn't want to be the source of someone's laughter it's the best fucking feeling in the world
1: amen we
2: gotta cast this dunk. cast this duck
0: I don't really have much. I don't. I, I mean, I think can't think of, of anyone to be him. No, first me of all. neither. No one. Lo- Ron Perlman. That's all oh, I yeah. got. Yeah. Every big dude for years has been Ron Perlman. That's all that's been happening. Well,
2: so my ideas for it, because that you can't find anyone who can do it, but it's also because what I just mentioned about how Andre's like he's not the best at talking, and it's something that people know. Um, he does speak. French and he doesn't speak English as his first language. You need someone who can really convey everything physically. I was thinking either like Doug Jones in a suit, Mm -hmm. Mm because excuse me, he's tall, but like he can also be on stilts or like whatever you need him to do, or uh, CGI Andy Mm Circus.
1: Oh yeah, did you see uh, City of Lost Children? Yeah, I love that. That dude. Oh, which dude? The a big dude. In, the, oh yes, the big dude.
0: I, is that Ron Perlman? I want to say that is also Ron oh, Perlman.
1: <laughs> no, I'm pr- let me look. Is it that up. Ron Perlman? I feel like every oh, time fuck. you see a big dude, yeah, I think everyone's Ron Perlman. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone's Ron Perlman. Who would be like Gene Okerlund? Do you think who could play Mean Gene Okerlin mm-hmm. And uh, he's a, well, but,
2: well. What's great about Mean Gene is like it can literally be uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh,
1: perfect. Oh, Paul nice. Giamatti would perfect. be a great Mean Gene. That's perfect. Who could play Hulk Hogan? Let's think about Hulk oh, for a boy. second.
2: Uh, um, oh, it depends on what era you yeah. want him in. <clears> but <throat> honestly, oh god, no. I I think Brolin, depending oh, on what mm-hmm, era you want mm-hmm, him in. Mm-hmm, whoa, that's I think really good. Brolin too. would be a really good. I know and that he's, he's he shorter, commits, but you can yeah, cheat it too, Yeah, yeah, you can cheat it.
1: Well, wow, that's whoa, that's really good. Uh, Vince McMahon.
2: See, um, that's Okay, Vince McMahon is a little. I tough. think Vince McMahon is Hugh Jackman.
1: Oh, oh my I god, I have always Jesus thought Christ. that Vince McMahon Whoa. was Hugh Jackman.
2: That's
0: good. I was going to say Robert Durst, but
2: <laughs> Robert Durst
0: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> of his burping. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, yeah, the I, I
2: just, I think that I think that Hugh Jackman could fucking nail. That's Vince really McMahon. good. I, and he and he's also like a friend of WWE. He's hosted some shows uh, for them. He's hosted because occasionally they'll have celebrities come in and host Raw. Right. I think that you fucking give him whatever black hair dye that Vince uses that just for men bullshit that yeah. Vince uses on yeah. himself. I think he could do the strut, oh,
1: like weird yeah. strut. Um, yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. Good job.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we I've maybe thought all. about this. Yeah, <laughs> so I think you.
1: I think you think about wrestling. Well, maybe Danielle. A little bit. It's been kayfabe great having you here. And, oh, wait. Oh, it's also been shoot great. It's been shoot Yeah. Dude, I'm where she's going to bury you. You guys <laughs> fucking invite me to I turned it <laughs> around. You're a fucking I I I I I heel, dude. You're I a heel. You're a heel. You saved it. I saved it. Oh, my gosh. Listen to our podcast. Thanks, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about SupDoc
0: at supdocpodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please don't forget
1: to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Our theme song was written by David Siegel, and our show was engineered by Will Scoville. If you want us to cover a doc, have suggestions for guests, or you just want to reach out, please email us at subdocpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.